This episode is brought to you by Zeratech Software Development. Are you a company whose commitment to excellence demands effective software tools? Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help build or enhance your technological systems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. You can find them at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Hey guys, today I sat down and talked to Luke Aho. Luke is crazy passionate about bighorn sheep hunting. Uh, he did quite a bit of it when he was up in Alaska. And on one of those first hunts, he realized that at first he didn't bring a tripod just to cut weight. He realized he has a tripod with other components he's already using. Uh, and then that birthed a company that he now owns, Red Mountain Gear, where they sell a little tripod base, uh, a lightweight tripod base that you can use many different styles of legs for, uh, as well as a binocular adapter. But we get into a lot of the stories of his hunts, how the company was formed, even some childhood things that you know kind of led to down this road uh all that kind of stuff so i really enjoyed this episode i hope you do as well welcome to the obsessed podcast i'm your host logan herkus in this podcast we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors we dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed Let's go. Luke, thanks for coming in today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, I came here to ask you about sheep hunting primarily and Alaska, but I I'd sometimes like to make sure, is that number one? Like if I'm talking about number one passions or interests that you have, what would those be? Is it sheep hunting and Alaska and do those tie together or what would it be for you? Yeah, when I lived up there, it was... I, the first big game, game animal I got in Alaska it was a sheep. Okay. And then, so then I felt a little bit of pressure, you know, get other animals. So after a sheep, I got a moose and then a caribou, black bear. And then kind of once I got those, then I went back to sheep hunting. So that was, that kind of pulled me. And yeah, I just kind of went from there and ended up going on six sheep hunts. Yeah. Um, so sheep is number one. I mean, at the end of it, it became that sheep was the top thing that you were most excited about, most interested in over those other. Yeah. Animals. For the most part, I guess the year before I left, I ended up getting a mountain goat too. Okay. And had I been in Alaska longer, I would have pursued mountain goat more as well. But okay. How did Alaska start for you? Uh, so when I was, uh, let's see, 19 years old. I moved to South Carolina. One of my buddies from high school just randomly called me out of the blue and he was, he would just call and see if I want to hang out. And I told him, oh, actually I'm moving to South Carolina. And then he's like, oh, find me a job and I'll move down there. Got down there, got hired on pouring concrete. And then my boss at the time asked me if I knew anyone who would come down there. Like, actually, maybe I do. So I called him up and he came down there and then uh in the fall i went back to minnesota uh back to college finished the, uh, just about finishing the school year up and then he randomly called me again and he's like hey i have a job and a place for you to live in alaska hmm. come up this is so, your boss or your buddy no my buddy okay i got gotcha. you yep so he he ended up moving from south carolina up to alaska he had an uncle living up there with a lawn care business 
so he moved up there and then he called me up and told me to move up there and so i bought a plane ticket and five five days later i was up there okay and we'll get into the the sheep hunting but i like to hear even how that even came to be from the start too so alaska was your buddy calling you was alaska on your radar at all before that part? yeah i i always had a yearning for the mountains you know from a like maybe five years old on you know it just the the east never interested me at all but i had a different buddy that i had worked with the summer before that you know when i was 18 that he ended up moving down to south carolina and i didn't really have anything going on that summer so he called me up and was like hey move down to south carolina and i hadn't yeah like i said i hadn't entertained the east coast at all but it was like well, i ain't got nothing going on i might as well yeah right so then, so then, yeah, when that other buddy moved up to Alaska and then told me to come, that was, it was just instant, like, I got to do it. Okay. So it was on your radar and you went and did you have, I mean, of course you have expectations of this huge country, huge landscape, mountains, whatever else, but I've never been, I've been talking for years. I need to get there. What was the actual experience like the, the first time showing up there, the first time checking it out? Well, Probably a perfect example is uh, when I first landed in the airport in Anchorage, I called my parents and I was talking to my dad and looking out the airport window and seeing a little cub. And I was like, oh, bush plane. Yeah. My, my dad still tells the story that like just just everything was incredible. Anchorage airport, you walk, there's a, I think it's like a 400 pound halibut mounted on the wall, a moose in the airport, all these animals from up there you know you got a grizzly bear wolf you know all all those stuff are stuffed in the in the airport they got you know yeah so it, it yeah and then like you come in when you when we landed we flew in over the mountains wrapped around the cook inlet and then come landed looking at the mountains yeah so it was it was a you know, I, I was just in awe the whole time. We had a clear day flying in, so I was looking out the window, watching the mountains as we went over. Yeah. And then we could you could see them for, I don't know, an hour and a half before we landed and just glued to the window until we landed. And, yeah, it was it was pretty incredible. And then landed, I, th- I want to say I landed at like 10 o'clock, and that was in May, so the days are getting real long. Yeah. And we're driving back, or jumped in with my buddy and driving back, and it's like midnight, hmm. and it's still light outside. So that was crazy. Yeah, right. What year was this, roughly? Uh, that would have been 2009. 2009, okay, just trying to put a timeline to it. And how many years were you up in Alaska? Uh, so the first two summers, I was still in college. So I was up there for the summers, and then I went back to school. And then once I finished school, I moved up there in 2011. Okay. And those first summers, were they just, uh, like, did you envision that you'd move there full time or was it just feel, fulfilling an experience? And then eventually you're like, Hey, I need to get back there after you graduated college. I figured I would probably move back. Okay. And, uh, like right out of, when I was finishing up college, I was calling around, you know, trying to find jobs. Wasn't that having a whole lot of luck. And then I, I was calling around to places like Colorado, Wyoming, Idaho, Montana, you know, just, I knew I wanted to be in the mountains out of school. I a little bit entertained North Dakota because the oil boom was just kind of starting out there at that time. And then I got a lead to a potential job in Alaska, talk, 
talked to him and he said that come up he'll give me a weld test and that was it i was gone yeah huh so then how long were you up there before the hunting side of things got introduced was it right away uh i knew i always wanted to hunt up there but the first two summers i i didn't okay didn't do any hunting but then that first year i was up there 2011 i bought a non-resident moose tag because you know the hunting and fishing was the reason i went up there so like i might as well buy it you know get into it right away okay and did you have any luck that first year that moose hunt no 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 i i hunted i hunted fairly hard but i didn't know what i was doing so you know just kind of learning and yeah i didn't have any any success that i didn't have any success that year the following year i went up to the north slope caribou hunting and uh that one's kind of a unique hunt because it's that road going up there you can bow hunt only uh, uh for five miles on either side of the road yeah so like the on that particular hunt i would say we've probably seen over ten thousand caribou unbelievable <laughs> but yeah but uh with them they'd let you get like within 100 yards but closing that gap was really difficult and they're up there there's nothing to hide behind there's no trees you know there might be a rock here and there in the tundra yeah but it, it there's nothing to hide behind so closing that gap is pretty tough so i didn't get any anything that second year either mm-hmm. it was the third year when i got a sheep okay so then but that third year you're a resident now yes right yep. and you could get a sheep tag did you have somebody that brought you along or how did you get into that yes yeah, so, so when i went up there at first like sheep wasn't even really on my brain at all you know to look at them and be like oh that kind of looks cool but it was i I don't know like you hear the stories i feel like sheep hunting gets talked up you know it's one of those things that it's like there's a number of people who make it sound like this mysterious you need a you know just you need to go hard you need to be in incredible shape to get to do it and uh i had wrestled in junior college and like kind of when i got out of that it was like okay now i can relax you know i mm-hmm. can i can be slow down working out if i want to and you know so then sheep hunts like well if i do that i have to get right back into that again so like right away it wasn't on my radar and then uh one of my buddies see it would have been my my second fall up there one of my buddies or no my first fall up there one of my buddies got a sheep and then so like just kind of in passing we'd we would talk about sheep hunting some mm-hmm. and then so it would have been my second spring up there we kind of was like do you know what let's go sheep hunting yeah and so then we started planning from there signed up for draws didn't get any draws but alaska it's there's still a ton of opportunity yeah even if you don't draw so so you didn't have a draw unit but you're saying there was some over-the-counter style yeah. options yep. okay yeah and then you were planning it for that fall, but did you know what you were getting into or have any huge expectations at all? Or what was that? Yeah. What were you thinking going into that? I, I had done a fair amount of hiking. So I kind of, you know, I, I kind of knew what that would entail. You know, I, we lived pretty close to a mountain that was about a 3000 foot climb when, 
from you know from parking lot to summit okay so like before i went i had my pack fully loaded and went up that you know just uh that that was probably about three weeks before the hunt just to make sure that i was ready to go okay. you know i had been that summer i had been hiking a fair amount running some yeah and just getting ready to go so it like the physical aspect of it wasn't that much of a shock mm-hmm. and it but more so the experience, like uh, we should get into it. What was it like? But I was just curious if it was uh, a much different experience from like, uh, not a physical level, but just an experience or the grandio, like the grand portion of it or the, uh, the mystique of sheep, all that kind of stuff. So I'm just curious how, if it was different versus what you expected or if you had expectations even going into it. Uh, Cause it sounds like it gripped you pretty intensely, right? I mean, that yeah. first hunt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, at first getting to Alaska, hearing all those stories and, you know, making it ever a lot of people making it sound like it was, you know, this, incre- you know, the, this thing that you got to be in such awesome shape to do. And then like, once I got into it, that it was like, okay, I can do this, you know, is that, it, then for, I guess, I guess for myself, I, I like to just kind of break things down into smaller pieces. Okay because you know or especially anything big that you know looking at the whole picture can be a little bit overwhelming yeah when you break it down then it it simplifies things you know okay so i I, say three months before it's like okay now i gotta start going a couple miles Mm -hmm. you know and it's not like i gotta be to the point where i'm gonna do this 10-day sheep hunt and i gotta be able to go 50 60 miles on the sheep hunt you know it don't happen all at once and right if you break it down, then it's not too bad, but it, so, and then, so then like going in, it was, it, I guess I can't really remember what my preconceived notions was like going into the hunt. I was, I was really excited. Okay. And yeah, I guess I wasn't really nervous, you know, cause I knew I was ready to go. Right. Right. So what was that first experience like though? We should get into that. Like the, the hunt itself, um, you set up or you do you drive somewhere take a boat somewhere what do you yes uh, so we had like a is like a six-hour car ride and then we had a three-wheeler with us a three-wheeler and a wagon mm-hmm. and there there was a trail it was national preserve land where we were hunting and there was a so there there's a wheeler trail in so we took the wheeler about five miles and the, to the face of some mountains and then we parked the wheeler there and then started hunt hunting from there so like you know as as we're driving up we're seeing mountains almost the whole way so you know at that point we're we're getting pretty excited you know just ramped up ready to go Mm -hmm. we got up there at it it was probably about midnight so we like that first night we just set up a tent right at the road slept till i i don't remember for sure it's probably seven in the morning woke up loaded up and at that time we were just pumped to go yeah and it, um and, and then are you hunting right out the gate or do you got to hike a certain amount of distance before you're uh able to hunt as well as in ground that's actually legitimate hunting ground uh where we parked the wheeler we we were hunting from right there it was you know th- that right at the road wasn't in the mountains so there wasn't sheep right at the road but once we got to where where we were where we parked the wheeler we could see sheep 
Okay. So it was, you know, as soon as we parked it, we were hunting. Huh. And you're glassing, looking for sheep right away. Um, I, I haven't been on a sheep hunt and watched a few videos, so a little bit familiar, but you're trying to find one that's uh, full curl or busted tips. Is that right? Is that the type of unit you were in? Is yep. That- yep. So, so almost the whole state of Alaska, they're outside of a couple draws. It's there's a full curl requirement, so it has to be full curl on one side, which meaning the horn from the base has to wrap around 360 degrees. So looking at it from the side, the outside of the horn has to make a perfect circle, mm-hmm. and that tip has to go past the base. Right. Or or like you mentioned, uh, double broomed. So both of the both of the tips. Of the horns have to be busted off or else eight years old or older yeah which that can be that can be determined by the growth rings on the horns right right so that's a huge part of it right the a typical hunt you just find an animal okay if i if this if you're happy with it you can try to make a stock on it but this the huge part of it is just trying to find that needle in a haystack yep. of that mature ram that's a full curl or double broom right yep exactly did you have any luck doing that that first hunt yeah, so that buddy I was with had been, you know, he had been on one sheep hunt before, so it was kind of, a, you know, I was somewhat relying on him for for knowing, you know, 100% what a full curl looks like. Mm-hmm. And we had determined before we go that uh, we would both look at the sheep and we we would come up is that a full curl we'd both come up with it in our head is that a full curl and if either of us said no then we weren't going to shoot okay so it was you know that was kind of our safety net there and and that summer like i had watched videos and then like you go to sportsman's warehouse or cabela's up there i guess at that point there wasn't a cabela's up there yet but a sportsman's warehouse, look at sheep on the wall, you know, wherever you could, you look at sheep on the wall, try to get that angle to judge them and just to expose yourself to looking at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it, well, it, we didn't see any legal ones until day five. Okay. So, but we, we were looking at rams. I mean, we, in all, I would say we've seen probably 30 rams. Okay. You know, so we were, we were definitely seeing cheap and then, you know, we've seen a lot of using, using lambs. Yeah. Right. So, but you were all like, how many days were you planning on going out and was it all just camping off your back was the plan? Yep. So we, we were planning on going out for 10 days and it was, yeah, when, when we left the wheeler, we were prepared to stay out there all 10 days, you know, not see the wheeler again until we were leaving. Right. And so yeah so when we parked the wheeler we started we seen some ewes and lambs further back you know up the valley we had went up so we had just we decided to just go up the valley and see what we find and so we ended up hiking up that valley i want to say it was about five miles and then we kind of set up a base camp from there okay and then hunted out of there yeah. Did you have experience uh, backpack hunting prior to that? No, I hadn't really. That was your first first time. Was that a big component of it that you're excited about as well? The the it, like the adventure of the backpack hunt. Yeah, definitely. That was that was part of the draw for it for me. You know, I'd try this new experience. You know, it, I had done a little bit of like hiking and camping, so 
so it wasn't completely foreign to me, but mm-hmm. you know, you, you add in hunting gear and that adds weight and it definitely adds a different dynamic to it. Right. Right. No, and the little bit of exposure I've had is just something about hunting and ending the day and just setting up camp either there or walking back to your base camp or whatever else. But there's something way more satisfying about just being immersed and staying in that tent or whatever else overnight uh, versus hiking back to a truck, driving back to town or whatever it might be. Like when you're staying out there overnight, it's way more of a experience and adventure. Uh, like you slow down more, like every bit of it, I, th- I feel like it's just unreal. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's that, that, w- it kind of ended up being the draw to sheep hunting to me is, you know, you, you get out of cell phone service and the only thing you worry about is hunting sheep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, those first couple of years I had a sat phone to check in with my wife every night. And then, uh, later on, I ended up getting an in reach. Sure. So like, and even that, it was just a simple, everything's going good text. And, you know, she might send one back and that's about it. But so like when I was, yeah, when I was out there, it was, you just shut everything off and you worry about the hunt and that's it. Yeah. Right. So, but I'm still trying to get a feel for that first, <clears throat> that first hunt. Cause there's something about that, that is just magical, right? Cause it's what grips you, um, that whole experience. But like, I'm trying to picture the setting. You said you walked five miles up this Valley set up camp, but how big of mountains are we talking that you're hiking right now? So we were, <clears throat> we were camped probably at about 4,000 feet. The biggest one in our area went up I want to say it was about 7,400 feet. Okay. Like the peak of that was completely glacier covered. Sure. So like we were hunting anywhere from 4,000 feet to 6,500 feet. Okay. You know, it, it, the mountains up there, they're, they're considered young mountains. So they're pretty rugged, but they're not real high. Okay. You know, so we're not, we weren't dealing with elevation like you might on say like a Colorado or Montana hunt. Sure. Uh, and then mountains in 50 miles in every direction from you. Uh, that might be yeah. a naive question. I'm not uh, familiar with the whole landscape of Alaska. Maybe that's true no matter where you are, unless you're in the Northern tundra or something like that. But I mean, you're within a, you're within a mountain range where as far as you can see, if you get up to a peak, as far as you can see, there's mountains in every direction. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, there, there was some, like the road we drove into, there was a section of maybe 40 miles of flat there that you could see over that flat, but then beyond that flat, there was mountains. Okay. You know, that would have been to our south, <clears throat> to our south from where we were hunting. And, but like to the north, it was, yeah, as the northeast and west is mountains as far as you could see. Okay. And going into a pretty, or maybe you could say totally rolled this area, like you're hiking in and, and you're not getting, you're getting further away from a road rather than closer to a road on the other end or no? That's correct. Is we're, we're heading up the valley going north. The next road probably would have been ooh, probably close to a hundred miles away yeah. to the north. So yeah, we were definitely not hiking towards the road. So. Right. So hiking into, because uh, it's not true of most of the lower 48. Like you set up on a road, you're hiking away. It doesn't take you very long towards your, till you're getting closer to another road on the other side of your yeah. hike, right? Yeah. Uh, but is there like pretty much nothing between you and them next roads as far as like man-made towns, cities, structures, anything like that? No, the the closest you'd get to man-made there was you know if you hiked a little ways north 
like I want to say is about 15 miles and then head a little bit more east there's some wheeler trails where we were hunting was national preserve okay so then uh so in the preserve there's nothing you know they don't let you you can only wheeler on designated trails and like where we stopped was the end of the trail and so beyond that was hiking only okay so just true wilderness i mean nothing yep yep. nothing out there yeah unbelievable so you're going into it that first you know planning on a 10-day backpack hunt no experience sheep hunting prior to that uh once you got into it and you started finding sheep and you started spending time out there was there a moment where you're like yeah this is it like this is what i'm into or was it just the whole experience was enjoyable and you left it feeling like i'd do that again yeah it it pretty much was it was like like once the hunt got done it it was okay now i now i got a sheep i'm gonna try these other animals Mm -hmm. you know it yeah i i would say it probably wasn't until like two to three years later that it really was like yeah i gotta get back sheep on you know it it took a little bit where to kind of like really pull me in okay Forrester Research interviewed 206 senior technology leaders in major organizations responsible for software development sourcing. 63% said their software development service partners do not have a full understanding of their end customer. If you're dead serious about moving faster and getting more done, Zeratech Software Development can help you move forward with confidence. Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help solve your problems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. As they align with their clients, they use a proven method to understand the scope of the problem and help demystify the steps to make it go away. They will deliver the software solution you need, and they do it with the integrity that you'd expect from a family-owned business in the heartland of America. Schedule a call with the team at Zeratech today at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. So I, I want to get to the point where it really pulled you in because to me that's where the magic is too. But even th- thinking that first uh, sheep hunt, so you hunted what on what day did you get that sheep? Uh, it would have been day six. Okay, hey, can you break that story down? Yeah. So so day five, uh, we we were we had kind of worked through the area that we were in. You know, picked through a a bunch of sheep. So what? Let's see. Day day four or no day three we got on these two sheep that were just uh in the cliffs you know where they weren't they weren't accessible at all but they looked pretty close so we set up on them to watch them and then we ended up being on those sheep for a day and a half Hmm. before we were finally able to determine that they're too close you know it's not worth risking it yeah so so then uh then at the end of day four, we had kind of decided that we're going to start working our way back towards the towards the wheeler, and then just kind of hunt that front face of the of the mountains where we came in, and then uh, kind of work our way around there into a different valley potentially. You know, just kind of see where see where it led us. Yeah. So then. Uh, day five we were working our way out actually the morning of day five we had we woke up there was a sheep above us probably i don't know eight nine eight hundred feet so we just 
decided that we're going to go take a quick look at that. So we dropped our packs, took, you know, just our gun and spotting scope and binoculars with us. That's mm-hmm. it. So we got up to where we could look at that sheep and take a look and it wasn't legal. But then we were high enough then to see into kind of a hanging bull. And there was a few sheep at the back of that bull that were probably, uh, I suppose it was probably three, maybe a mile, mile long. Mm-hmm. So we decided to hike up and kind of take a look in there. And so we hiked up on a, on a ridge, on a spine, and then just kind of kept on bumping our way back. And then finally we hit a point where we were kind of cliffed out and, by this time, it was already, I don't know, probably five in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, you know what? We we can't follow this ridge anymore. They're in the back. Have us pinned. There's no good way in. Let's just drop down and walk towards them and see what happens. <laughs> so that, then that's what we ended up doing. And then uh, well, when we got close... I want to say we were probably about 500 yards out. We determined that one of them was legal. Okay. So, so then that's when we, yeah, after talking our options, we decided that there's no good way into this valley. You know, let's just see what happens. So we went in and then, uh, I guess it must've been later than five, five when we initially determined is legal because we ended up walking in and then uh it was we got to the base and then they of where the sheep were looking up at them you know it, it was a i i would say it's probably a 40 degree angle up you know wow. it, it was steep up right and we kind of hit the point they're watching us hard at that point and uh it was a 300 that was a 350 yards from them, so we decided that we might as well shoot. We're not getting any closer. Yep. I shot, went over its back. And, well, I, I guess I didn't know that at the time when I shot. But so I shot. They took off running. So then we uh, climbed up to where they were, looked for blood, you know, make sure I didn't hit anything. And then, uh, so we got up. You know, at, at this time, we had went all day without any food, any water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we... We, that was kind of my first rookie, you know, don't leave your pack. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because you, we only had plans of leaving it, you know, a few hundred yards. Yeah. And we ended up spending all day without it. Oh man. So, yeah. and then like that spot was kind of funny because we were 400 feet from the peak up there hmm. and there's water just coming out of the side of the mountain, like no snow above it, nothing, just a water table was hit the surface right there crazy crazy <laughs> yeah so, so at least there we were able to get a drink of water you know then so that helped a lot yeah right so then at that point we're left it was probably ten thirty at night at that point so we're left walking back with our tail between our legs back to our pack and then by the time we got out of the valley it was getting fairly dark so then we were hunting for our packs. You know, it it's mostly you're above tree line. So there you know, there's some willows here and there. But even still, like finding the pack and in the tundra, you know, there we left them in a very obvious spot. Mm-hmm. 
but even still getting back a little bit dark, the folds kind of look the same. And it, you know, it, I want to say we were looking for probably 15 minutes before we finally found our packs. Yeah. Did panic set in at all? No, not yeah. really. I mean, it was, we, we had perfect weather the whole time. So it, you know, it, uh, we got spoiled there. And at the time I didn't know how spoiled I was. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but so, it, yeah, I guess it was just, I don't know. You just keep hunting until you find your packs and, I guess if it ends up being two in the morning or the next morning, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. You know, no, I've learned that so many times that don't drop your pack. And I even told people like, Hey, we shouldn't be dropping our pack here, but we got it. Cause we got to go peek over this. And all of a sudden you're half a mile away or many miles away or whatever. And it's through five hours later, you're thirsty. It's just, yeah, don't drop your pack. But, or if you do before you leave, go back and pick that sucker up. But yep. anyways, so continue on. I'm curious how that played out then, how you got your sheep. Yes. Yeah, so then uh, we ended up setting up camp where we found where we found our packs there. And then, uh, so then the next morning, we kind of worked our way to the front, or to, to the front-facing mountains where we came in at. And then uh, just kind of picking our way across the front. And then... Uh, I want to say it was about 11 in the morning. It looked like there was some storm clouds rolling in. So then we set up our tent for for the rain. And as soon as we climbed into the rain or into the tent, it started raining like crazy. Huh. So there we took a, I don't know, a couple hour nap, woke up, sun was shining. It's like, all right, let's go again. Yeah. So then we packed up the tent again and then hiked up to the you know at that point we're just kind of it was like tundra and just kind of rolling hills there looking into the mountains so so you had your mountains with kind of the rolling hills on the front face and we're like right down in the rolling hills Mm -hmm. so we hiked up a ridge and then we're looking back in into a another valley Mm -hmm. there's a couple sheep in there so then uh so then we got behind that next ridge and then just followed that spine up hiked up and then looking at it we we were able to determine that as the same sheep that that i had shot at the day before hmm. how many and, miles away roughly uh as a crow f- flew is probably only four mile three four miles okay because where where we were at it was back in a valley you know, in the valley that we had hiked in, and then we came out out of that valley and wrapped around the front face where sure. where the sheep was back in a in a cut in those mountains. So it basically just hopped over a couple. You know, let's see, it would have been two ridges. Okay, there into the valley we found them again. Sure, yeah. So then, yeah, at that point, you know, it the. The sheep it ended up having a a lot wider spread than the rest of them we had been seeing in the in the area. So it you know it, it and we had looked at it for a number you know a few hours the day before. So like we had picked out that characteristic, and it seems like there's a couple others that I can't remember off the top of my head, but you know we had picked out that. Like it didn't take us long as seeing that sheep a second time to know that that's the same sheep. Yeah. And then from there you snuck in 
steal yeah. the deal or what did that look like? Yeah. So fr- from there, we just followed that ridge up and then, uh, you know, just kind of, we had pretty good walking and c- that ridge was able to conceal us. So like we just hike up that ridge, sneak over the top, take a look. It was still, you know, you know, like I, from where we seen it, we were probably a half, half mile, three quarters of a mile from it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we just keep walking up that ridge and take a look every so often. And then we got to a point where we were about 300 yards and I, I was comfortable up to 350 yards shooting. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we're with it within range. Let's set up. If we can get a shot, get a shot. And then, so then it ended up being a, uh, 293 yard shot. Nice. And so we both set up and then I shot the thing, took off running and then it, it turned downhill. It looked like it was gonna go behind a rock, but it went behind the rock. And then I seen the back end of the sheep come up and hmm. do the flip and it did a flip. It's like, okay. I got it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, unreal. Just, yeah, so it was yeah. And I I guess I should back up a little bit. Once again, once we we're getting pretty close, we dropped our packs again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this time it was right on the ridge, so you know, finding them I knew wasn't wouldn't be any issue at all. Yeah. And then yeah, so then we well, it was kind of a a little bit of a downhill shot. So then we ended up hiking down to the sheep see you know take a look at it and then we had to go back get our packs and then come take care of it sure and pretty exciting moment that i mean i had to be right yeah yeah. adrenaline the whole deal uh obviously there's a ton of pressure because you looked at so many sheep and now you're finally making it happen making it happen uh so that was fun enjoyable you you went then you went down cut it up processed it camped that night and then hiked out the next day or what did that look like yeah yep yeah, so uh, it, was, it, it was really steep where we were at. So we ended up uh, dragging it down to the bottom of that to take care of it. Okay. And then got it cut up. I want to say it was probably about 7 o'clock in the evening when we started h- hiking out of there. Mm-hmm. So we hiked it out of that valley back to the front-facing slope, set up camp there. Okay. And then... Uh, we you know at that point there there's no trees or anything so the meat was in game bags so we set them up probably i don't know 7500 yards from the tent Mm -hmm. then we took our pots put rocks in there and put it on top of the meat hoping that like if something comes mess with it it'll knock the pot and we'll hear that sure yeah and it thankfully nothing ever did mess with it okay because you were in grizzly country oh yeah 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 did we, you run into any in that first no time? no we didn't run into any we we seen some where they had dug out like ground squirrels but we you know we didn't and and like some of those digs were pretty fresh like talking to a couple other people they had seen them okay but we didn't we didn't end up seeing any okay um so and how far were you from your wheeler when you shot that ram Roughly. Uh, we were, we were only about a mile and a half. <laughs> <So> <laughs> okay. As far as sheep hunting goes, that was, that was an easy, 
easy pack yeah nice so you got that out but then you went on to hunt and we could go on for a long time about the other animals that you shot over the next couple of years but i want to get back to sheep so you hunted uh what were the what were the ones you shot after that uh, so the the year after that i got a a moose and then i got a uh the year after that i got a cow caribou and then i'm trying i can't it all it all kind of flows together mm-hmm. now but like there was one of those springs i got a black bear as well okay but then you said it took a while for the sheep hunting to really grip you and it wasn't that it really gripped you and got you back into it or you got back into it and then it really gripped you no i would want to i want to say like after i got that caribou it kind of well when we were out sheep hunting the, the the initial time like me and my buddy were talking that there was you know we were still running into a couple of people there and front to our west probably i don't know 15 miles there was a river you know a big river and we had talked that it'd be really sweet to get to the mountains on the other side of that river yeah you know it's less accessible the thought was there would be less people and same country so the sheep number should be similar Mm -hmm. so that that thought was always kind of in the back of my mind Mm -hmm. and you know every once in a while i'd just kind of poke around google earth and you know see and just kind of look if i were to do this how would i do it right and then so then uh i got so then when i got that caribou is once I got that, I was like, okay, I want to go sheep hunting again. Yeah. You know, I've got these other animals and, you know, she, they were, don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed them, but they didn't, definitely didn't grip me like sheep hunting did. Yeah. And is it because of the adventure side of sheep? Meaning if this other animal required the same amount of adventure, you'd maybe be into the, whatever that other animal is, do you think or no? Um, Not necessarily. Cause like the moose where I got the moose we took a boat up a river you know like 40 miles mm-hmm. so that definitely had it has it had it, its adventure as well mm-hmm. but it was that one like where i was moose hunting is more like swampy country so you know it it looked like it could be hunting whitetails up here sure you know, that yeah. there's take away the mountains and alaska looks a lot like the up right you know it was spruce swamps and you know the, the alders and willows and yeah you know it it looks real similar so like when i was hunting moose it felt like okay this could be whitetail hunting Mm -hmm. you know and it just i don't know for me there's something about the mountains that just gripped me yeah so it was and yeah and you you can hunt uh, moose in the mountains as well sure but there was something just about being above tree line and you know it I don't know that that's what kind of pulled me in is, you know, you have 10 days above tree line and Mm -hmm. worry about nothing about nothing but hunting sheep. Right. Right. So I, I I don't know that you could ever answer that, but I'm just curious if it's, uh, again, somehow remove the sheep and put in, I guess you, you said you got a, uh, a mountain goat and that you probably would have gotten into that, but same concept you think, or uh, adventure above tree line, that kind of thing or no, I'm just curious again is it the sheep or is it the above the tree line the 10 days in the back country whatever might be that gripped you about of course maybe it's the whole the whole package right yeah yeah i think it's kind of a combination you know it because like 
Yeah, I, cause you can hunt caribou, and you know we we ran into a few caribou when we were sheep hunting too. Mm-hmm. That first year we didn't, but on future sheep hunts, there was uh, let's see, three or four of the sheep hunts that I seen caribou. The caribou wasn't open when I was in there or in that area when I was in there, so uh, I wasn't able to get any. Mm-hmm. But I I guess I never really had that same pull that. I want to go find caribou in that same area, you know, when it is open, you know, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I guess once I dove down the sheep rabbit hole, it just, the, that was definitely a big part of it, you know, the sheep and sure. Okay. Um, so you, you, you harvested these other animals, had some successful hunts there. And then you said, I need to get back to sheep hunting for all those reasons, the adventure, the, the time away, the sheep themselves, whatever else, uh, then was it right that fall that you were getting into it again or what did that look like? Yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, after I got that caribou, then I started digging into sheep again. You know, I, I had been putting in for sheep draws every, you know, every year, every fall, every, mm. I guess you put in, in the winter time, you know, for the following fall. So I'd been putting in for sheep every year, never, never drew. So actually that, that moose tag that I drew, that was a any bull moose so normally hunting moose up there it's a 50 inch spread or bigger mm-hmm. or three or more brow tines on one side or four or more depending on the area you're in mm-hmm. so so i guess that was my first successful draw tag sure so got the moose and then the next year got the caribou and then i did after that caribou i had decided whether i draw or not i'm gonna go sheep hunting again so then i really started digging into how to get across that river yeah you know so i and then that year i ended up going with a couple other buddies you know what a a different buddy had moved to alaska and like just talking hunting with him like it it wasn't gonna work for that the initial buddy that who i got the sheep with it wasn't gonna work for him to go Mm -hmm. so then uh yeah, that other buddy that moved up there just had, you know, started making plans with him. And then it 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 came down to we were able to put in put in on a creek off that road and then float that creek for 7 miles and hit that big river mm-hmm. and then uh, get to the other side that way. Okay, what were you floating in? Uh we had a, I think it's a sixteen foot inflatable canoe, and as it's called a Pro Pioneer. Okay. So it, it's like a, it, I think it's technic, it's classified as a inflatable canoe, but it's you know it, it's probably four feet wide. It's a lot more stable than a canoe. Okay. So it you know the the whole boat weighed probably, who with everything in it was probably about 150 pounds with all your gear and all that no no just the boat itself you know the boat the oar locks the oars the seats Hmm. you know so so it's not like it's not like we're carrying it real far but well actually i i guess from where we parked then it was uh it was still three quarters of a mile to the creek so we're kind of talking you know how do we get this so there was three of us on the hunt. 
one was just he was just coming he was a non-resident yeah and he was just coming with for the adventure Mm -hmm. so then uh we kind of figured well let's inflate it you know packs on our back and everything for the oh no actually we left our packs at the road we just inflated it threw everything for the boat in the boat and then two of us would carry it there was a dry creek bed that we were walking down so it was it was fairly easy going Mm -hmm. but like two of us would carry it on our head and then the third person would take a break and then just cycle out sure so we ended up packing it three quarters of a mile like that (laughs) 150 pound huge yep big old (laughs) (laughs) so it was kind of awkward until we got used to it but yeah three quarters of a mile down to the creek Hmm. and and this is all from you just studying maps, Google Earth, stuff like that, that you found that creek that would head into that yep. big river like that? Yep. So, yeah, I'm doing my research. I could find, you know, sheep hunting is the, that's the one from my experience where people are the most harsh. Like they won't give out information. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll give out general information, but specifics, you got to dig for it. You right. got to either experience it yourself or you gotta you know you have to pry to figure it out and like that particular one hunt i found enough information online to know it was doable but that's about it okay and like i i ended up calling up one of the one of the people who guides in that area and like i just told him that hey i'm planning on doing this float i didn't tell him hunt Mm -hmm. you know just he hunts the area so i just leave that detail out of there sure like talking to him you know this is my plan for the float i'm gonna put it on this creek float out to the river you know do you know is it doable then right out of the gate he's like oh you're sheep hunting in there right (laughs) like well yeah you got me (laughs) so like he ended up you know telling me yeah it's doable yeah and so then yeah from there it was you know just make it happen yeah and was it doable i mean of course that you made it happen but like was that just seamless no problem seven miles here you go or what did you was it pretty uh precarious no it was it was a fairly easy float there's a couple sections where we had to get out and you know drag the drag the boat but okay it was the float itself was it was the creek was pretty easy okay you know it was just kind of slow slow meandering and well actually it's kind of funny when we first got there they one of the buddies had brought a video camera mm-hmm. and where we hit the creek we looking up about 100 yards there's a bend in the you know 90 degree bend in the creek and then uh like oh this is perfect we'll set up the video camera right on the corner get a shot of us going around this first corner mm-hmm so he set up we got everything ready to go he went set up the video camera hit play he jumped in the raft we pushed off well the creek was skinny enough that with the oars and the oar locks i was hitting the sides of the both sides of the creek yeah so trying to get my bearings there coming into that corner i ran into the bank (laughs) spun a 180 as i was going past the camera (laughs) (laughs) and you know did that kind of got got it back to shore and 
determined that let's go some length before we set up the camera again. Sure. <laughs> Figure it out a bit first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We figured we were just going to dive right into a perfect corner shot. Yeah. And yeah, but kind of botched that one. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but then uh, we had, so we had brought a another backup paddle with us. And then, so like it kind of came to where we needed to use one of the oars in that backup paddle to just kind of, you know, maneuver us around because there wasn't enough room to have the oars in the oar locks. And then about halfway down that creek, we found, we see, found a washed up canoe and then there was another paddle there. So we grabbed that other paddle. So then all three of us, you know, had something. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. so then like <clears throat> the rest of that creek went pretty uneventful mm-hmm. but then like we rounded a bend and then we could see into the big river and we could see that was moving sure. you know kind of we knew once we hit that we were in for it then you know that it was go yeah and then so we spit out into that main river and then and then looking down probably about i don't know 800 yards down there's this big old rock cliff. You know, the river was pushing against that rock cliff, and you could see that you we better get out into that river because, you know, even from 800 yards away, you could hear the water, and, it, you know, we, we, didn't, we knew we didn't want to be anywhere near that cliff. Yeah. So at that point, I had the oars in the oar locks paddling, and then each person, you know, front and back, they're using those other paddles to paddle us out, and then we're you know when we went past that we were probably a hundred yards out into the river so it wasn't like we were in danger at all but even from there you could see the water just pushing into that rock cliff and it's like that you know right there is like okay we need we need to pay attention to what's going on here because this is yeah you know it could get serious pretty quick yeah if you got slammed into that wall it would just fold you in or what i mean that just that amount of water just slamming into it hey yeah and it very well could have just wrapped it underneath and you know rolled you and pin you up against that rock face yeah is it yeah at that point the river was going it was like six or seven miles an hour okay and it it was a big river so it was you know it, it was incredible the power there yeah you know it's water isn't something to mess around with you know it's it might not look like much but it's incredible the power that it has Mm -hmm. you know especially i don't remember what the grade was there but especially at that grade it was just incredible how much power it had yeah right so you got across the river got into those mountains uh, or how far down that river roughly or i mean you hit the river and then you went away and then you hopped off i don't i don't need no specific dif- distances but you didn't just hop across you went down the big river for a ways and then yes yeah, so, so, so we got across it as quick as we could so like that that whole riverbed was probably three quarters of a mile across you know it's not water the whole way it's kind of braided okay so we kind of picked our ways through the way through that braid and then uh the the first valley was that we got to was basically directly across we got there there was a raft there so i decided that let's go to the next one down which was probably another four miles 
got there there was two rafts there hmm. it's like well let's try the next one got to the next one and there was uh, three or four rafts there right like, okay we got to try one of these yeah so we set up camp right there decided that we're gonna go out and take a look up that valley you know at least you know we got to start our hunt somewhere we're gonna be out of the mountains because mm-hmm. we had probably about a I want to say 20 miles well there would have been about a 20 mile stretch total where there's mountains there mm-hmm. but by the time we got to that third river we were already probably eight or nine miles down river hmm. so we were left with you know just over 10 miles of mountains and and there was it, it kind of wrapped around the mountains so at that point i think that one was kind of the last valley we could really go up from you know if we went further down we could have went back to the other side of the river but then our thinking was that that's the side that the road's coming in on yeah you know so there's potentially hunters in there from the roadside then mm-hmm. you know so we just decided to set up camp and go up that valley okay and eventually here even we i want to talk about the business that you started or you made a product or two that got into or helped with your sheep hunting but i before we get into that let's talk about this story still or continued on this story that were you successful did you have a no that that hunt we didn't end up we we didn't see anything over seven ace curl on that one okay so yeah it was kind of that one was kind of just I don't know it it was a sheep hunt it was a it was an adventure and you know it was it was awesome yeah yeah did that Um, open your eyes because that was like you said the logistics even about the boat and all that kind of stuff uh and you're way back there another step up on the adventure and did that make it uh yeah just reignite the flame too on the adventure side of things yeah yeah it was yeah that that one it definitely made it that you know this is awesome i loved every minute of it you know even the planning side of it it was it was sweet yeah it was yeah that that's what you know for me that's what it was all about yeah yeah that part was awesome okay so i just hinted all the few products you made that you have a can you get into them you have a, a tripod yes yeah so on that first sheep hunt we when uh we were packing our our packs you know obviously a hunt like that weight is concern weight is a concern mm-hmm. on your you know when you're sheep hunting so i loaded my pack it's like okay this feels like it ha- i have what i need you know should be ready to go put my pack on the scale and i was 70 pounds yeah it's like holy cripes yeah. <laughs> way too heavy so then like talking with my buddy we kind of came down to we took the tripod out left it at home because it you know as a that's an obvious three pounds how to cut weight right so then on that first sheep hunt you know i had trekking poles with me thinking how do i make a tripod out of this mm-hmm. because you know i got two legs of a tripod right with me you know how do i so how do i utilize them and then uh so at the time i was machining where you know working in a machine shop, a small machine shop and the owner there he had 
like if if we want to do personal projects, he would just let us use the shop, use the stuff. You know, you buy material, mm-hmm. but that's it. So I I had the facility to to come up with something. So then, uh, but like right away, I, I played around with some various ideas. But I was, you know, a big challenge right away is how to how to grip this base onto onto the handles of trekking poles yeah and now looking back it's kind of embarrassed how long i was stuck on that idea and then one day it just hit me like you dummy flip the trekking pole upside down the points are way easier to deal with Mm -hmm. so once i came up with that then i then it kind of progressed just boom 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 so in the end i came up with a tripod base while me and uh, another buddy uh, came up with the with this base that it it the tips of the tripod or the tips of the trekking pole go into a pocket and then there's a set screw that locks it down yeah to hold it in place so your traditional lightweight tripod like real real lightweight tripod that people take hunting is like two two and a half pounds where that that base that i have is 3.9 ounces yeah unreal and yeah it can it can fit in your pocket yeah so it's uh yeah a machined piece with three holes in it i've seen pictures of it and then a, a tripod head or a base above that or that yep your uh, a, a tripod head a little ball head or something yep so yep on. it's got a low little ball head with a screw that you just screw your spotting scope into or you can use it you know i put set my camera up on it or uh use an adapter and i've messed around with it a little bit with putting binoculars on it yeah but i I guess there well that kind of leads into into another product that we now have yeah but but yeah so yeah for like sheep hunting world weights everything yeah. you know it's you know ounces are everything people would really get into it some of them cut their toothbrush in half yeah you know i i never did that myself but but yeah it was you know it well one of the things one of the things i heard like in sheep hunting is uh ounces equals pounds pounds equals pain mm-hmm. and you know it, it it all adds up right like that that first year when my pack was 70 pounds and just started shaving ounces and i was able to get it down to 63 pounds Mm -hmm. you know just by cutting ounces right okay um so but then thinking about that tripod so you have the the your two trekking poles but then you just find a third stick or something like that or borrow a buddy's trekking pole or something like that yeah yeah you either of those options work or uh, we do we do make aluminum they're uh 16 inch long aluminum poles you know three eighths inch diameter mm-hmm. that we made for the four legs for that for people that want legs sure you know, and myself i i bring those legs with me okay you know they're even with those the whole setup was man kind of embarrassing i can't remember off the top of my head but i i, I want to say it's like 8.4 ounces for the head and the legs okay huh. you know so you're still a, a quarter of the weight of a really really lightweight tripod right 
right and then like you said the the binocular portion you got in another product that you have that sticks on the end of your just one single yep so, so then uh the the bino adapter we made it you know there so like uh some pairs of binoculars they have a a thread on the on the front of the hinge where you can thread a stud in mm-hmm. see you know there's other companies who utilize that as well so we just made a stud that goes on there and then the binocular adapter just snaps into that and then on the bottom of that binocular adapter there's a hole that you can stick the end of your trekking pole into mm-hmm. so then you're able to hold your hold your binoculars just by holding a trekking pole right and then like and by doing that it's it's incredible the difference it makes you know holding your hands up with your glass versus just put put your trekking pole in and then you can brace your trekking pole like up against your stomach mm-hmm. and and it just makes everything solid and, and then if you want to turn you just turn your whole body right or you know when you're sitting on the side of the hill you're always propping your knees up trying to find a comfortable way to get your knees up rest your elbows on your knees whereas with that you, you can just shorten your trekking pole and then put your trekking pole on the ground and just you know you can hold it with one hand mm-hmm. and it it kind of you know then it makes it effortless right right the any other products that you got into as well the tripod the trekking pole side of things? Uh, we also make a base that it uh it utilizes the same you know, the the same ability to hold it with a you hold your tripod with your trekking poles mm-hmm. but it's just a flat plate so like if you have a a tripod head that you like then you can use that head on that adapt on that base oh sure okay well, one of them you have a small ball head on it yes. one of them is just a flat plate that you put that yep, head on top correct. of okay yep. i got you uh, and what's that been like? That business side of things, the starting it, the selling, the sales, the marketing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so, so the making it for me, that was, you know, that, that was the part that I was familiar with, mm-hmm. you know, so things just kind of progressed there. And when I had a viable product then the sales side of things, that was new to me, mm-hmm. you know, it was just kind of, so yeah, there I was just, you know, doing the research and you know just kind of winging it sure and it yeah it, it just kind of turned into it kind of just a you know a hobby business you know it was yeah just going going with it because i came up with an idea and had the opportunity and let's see what we can make out of it right right and yeah it just kind of went from there yeah huh okay and so I'm and then even thinking along the sheep timeline, uh, how many sheep hunts in were you before you made that first product? Uh, so I had a rendition of a with me on my second sheep hunt. Okay. So that would have been that would have been three years after my first one. You okay. know, so in there I'd come up with something that okay, this is good enough. I'm gonna bring it with me sheep hunting. At that at that point, I wasn't to market yet, but okay you know just kind of the testing things out sure and then after that you went on six total so another four sheep hunts after that yeah okay yep. and what were those like do you any success on any of those yeah uh so there is one other one that so in alaska 
for sheep, mountain goat, and grizzly bear, if uh, you need, either need a guide or someone uh, first degree a kindred mm-hmm. relation. So like brother, sister, you know, mother, father, bro, uh, brother-in-law, sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's see. It would have been... I believe it was my fourth sheep hunt. One of my brother-in-laws came with me, and he ended up getting one. Okay, nice. So, yeah, that that one too. It, uh, we at one point on that one, we were twenty-two miles from the wheeler. Unreal. <laughs> and then he ended up getting <laughs> getting his. We were on our way out, and you know, working our way back, and we we had climbed up the last group of mountains to look at sheep and then uh none of those sheep were were legal so we're just that little group of mountains we were poking around headed up and over a saddle and then gonna drop down a creek down to our wheelers getting down almost a almost a tree line and then looked up and there's sheep on the side of the mountain right you know two of them hmm. so that one looked up right away determined okay one of them one of them's double broomed you know set up get ready and then ended up being that uh the other one was full curl and nine years old huh. so he ended up getting that other one and yeah it was yeah and even that one we we're about three quarters of a mile from the wheeler <laughs> <laughs> so another fairly easy pack out here yeah yep. yeah yeah because that's the thing about sheep hunting too hey and you could elaborate way more on this but it's uh either for somebody that lives in the u.s it's either you live in alaska you have a first of kin that lives in alaska or it's a rich man's game or you win a super low odds lottery right yeah pretty much there there is uh montana has what they call the unlimited Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that, that is an opportunity, but that's very, very low percentage. You know, it's the, the unlimited area that's, uh, in a migration area. So the sheep, you know, summer in one area in Yellowstone, and then they'll come out to lower ground in the winter. Yeah. So you have to catch them coming through. Sure. Uh, I, I forget what the percentage of people get those, but it's, it's very low. I mean, for the, for those tags they like some of the, i know one of the areas has a quota of two sheep and some years they don't fill it yeah crazy so, huh but so outside of that it's pretty much again super super low odds yep. lottery like a lot of people never ever in their whole life draw a tag yep live in alaska have a first of kin that lives in alaska or again a rich man's game where you're yep. um, paying super expensive guide fees in different areas yep um so to be able to live in Alaska is truly the realistic way to do it. Do you envision a way that you'll get back into it again someday? I mean, if, I'm sure you're like thinking about it, dreaming about it, whatever else, but do you have relatives in Alaska or, or what's your future sheep hunting look like? Well, I do have a brother in Alaska who lives up there, but I highly doubt I'm going to get him into the sheep hills. Okay. But uh, I would like to try that Montana Unlimited. Huh. So that, like, that would probably be the next sheep hunt that i would go on okay you know it, it maybe someday i'll make it back up there and just tag along just because i love it yeah 
you know, I, I, yeah, I don't know. At this point, since moving down here, I knew that would kind of be closing a chapter and, you know, now I can focus on Western state hunting, mm-hmm. you know, cause when I was up there, I didn't want to leave Alaska to come hunt the lower 48. Yeah. You know, there's just so much opportunity in Alaska that, yeah, I just couldn't justify leaving to hunt the lower 48. But now that I'm down here, then that'll probably be my my focus for now. I definitely want to make it back up to Alaska hunting. Okay. You know, whether it be tagging along for a sheep hunter, go hunt caribou or, you know, it's, but yeah that's a good question so if you were to go back up there would you have more fun hunting caribou or taking along on a sheep hunt uh that's a good question i don't know it, yeah I, <laughs> I don't know because yeah. like i would now when i was up there like when i was caribou hunting especially like there was times or even spring bear hunting i'd find myself up in the sheep hills looking at sheep you know because they were fascinating to me yeah and i i don't i don't think that would be quite as much so now like if i went up there on a caribou hunt you know i if i seen sheep i'd definitely still go take a look at them Mm -hmm. but i i don't think i would be as much like yearning to be hunting sheep because now I know that's not an option, you know, right. it's, and so I think I would definitely enjoy hunting caribou and it, you know, wouldn't feel like I should be sheep hunting. Yeah. Are you, you talked about the adventure side of things, which I can't stop thinking about. Are you like, have you always been somebody who looks for adventure or enjoys adventure, craves adventure? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Even as a young kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I guess I was, you know, from, I don't know, five years old that we had, well, I grew up on a dairy farm and like my dad would move snow with tractor, you know, make snow piles. And from a real young age, I'd pretend I was mountain climbing, yeah. you know, climbing. I don't know how many mountains I summited, you know, just climbing that little snow, snow piles. Huh. <laughs> you know, I even had a set up like a anchor on top run a rope down and pretend to climb that rope <laughs> <laughs> crazy what was your exposure to mountain climbing at that i mean of course no real exposure but i'm saying like what as a five-year-old would have made you to do that well i i guess at that point i was probably eight sure there was you know from probably what kind of inspired that was there was a there was a guy who came in and spoke at school huh who I don't remember, you know, he had climbed Everest and Denali and, you know, so some of these other mountains. And I guess that that's probably what sparked that part of it. But like the mountains, the mountains themselves intrigued me from, you know, I, I don't even remember what got me started on them, but they've always intrigued me. Yeah. As long as you can remember. Yep. Yeah. But that guy, that's crazy to think about <laughs> climbing snow hills in the yard like yeah unbelievable yeah i I had a pretty big imagination when i was young you know carve out a cave and pretend i was an arctic wolf or yeah you know i just yeah it was yeah growing up i was always outside and right you know just yeah adventure was 
I, yeah, it has always been kind of a driver for me. You yeah. Know, it, growing up on a farm, we had a, we had a lot of land to roam. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, space was not an issue. Yeah. No, I remember the same thing for me too, growing up and you'd go out on these, I mean, on my parents' land or the land that I grew up on, you go on this adventure over, you know, to the big rock, for example, which is looking at it now, it's 500 yards from my parents' house, <laughs> 300 yards, whatever it is. I mean, it's just right there. But when you're little, when you're seven years old, that was like going to a whole, I mean, it's a whole world, like, yep. right? Like, yep. I just remember, yeah, just how crazy it felt and awesome i mean just like you're going out over the rock and it's it's like you're you might as well be heading west on the oregon trail <laughs> honestly like yeah, you know yep. so but it spurs that whole thing and then you're like i need to find that and you look for that in life but obviously we're not the first people to do that but yeah the the west the mountains and i know alaska would be the same like i need to get up there but that whole I don't know what it is about it. Just the the ruggedness and the and just the awesomeness and the and the and the scale, all of it's just unbelievable. The mountains, the whole yep. thing. Something about it. Like even even in the Badlands of North Dakota, you get into these places where you feel like, even though it's not true, you feel like you're the first person that's ever been there. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, although maybe in Alaska, there's probably that place that it is true. Like you, you, well, what do you think? Uh, in, I'm sure there's spots up there that you know it it is somewhat true okay but uh, like where i've been is pretty much just been a road system so like okay where I, it, you know you definitely get get that feeling that kid okay, now i'm alone you know it's, yeah and yeah especially like that well i guess that float trip you know there was other people out there but it's like okay something if something goes south your only option out of there is a helicopter yeah you know either that or you know, from the point we were hunting, that was still, a, I want to say, is about a 40-mile float out. So, it, you know, it was a helicopter or float out. And, right. You know, that ain't that ain't that easy either. Yeah. I'm going to hop right back to the adventure for a sec, but logistically, that float trip, how do you float? I mean, this might be a dumb question. How do you, you float back up the river? I don't. Uh, so we ended up. You know, putting it in that creek, float seven miles there. Right. And then it was uh, 50 total river miles on the big river. So we float, floated down to another road, got picked up there, and brought her back around to our vehicle. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Um, no, but thinking about the adventure, there, there's a lot of – for me, the the adventure part of, like, the, the mule deer hunting and then uh, getting into the backpack side of that is it, just huge for me where – a lot of it, like you find yourself back in these little nooks and crannies and canyons and little random places that you never would have gotten into yep. if it wasn't for hunting. Yep. Like even if you're going out for a hike, you would never have gone to that place. Yep. And I think that's part of the draw. Like you find yourself in this little canyon and you're like, you feel like you're in a Louis L'Amour Western movie and you're like somebody, yep. a little watering hole here in a cave and a rim and like you, there's no, you would never have gone here if it yep. wasn't for you hunting mule there. Yep. Yeah. It's definitely like for me hiking just to hike like i did eventually get to a point where i could kind of appreciate it yeah like especially at first like that is that first summer up there i did a lot of hiking yeah because i didn't know anything about you know about the fishing or any of that right so then we had to hike just to check things out Mm -hmm. and then it kind of got to a point where i didn't even really particularly enjoy hiking just to hike Mm -hmm. but then but throw a pack on my back and a gun and i'd go you know 50 60 miles on a sheep hunt right 
you know, and kind of the what's over the next ridge, what's over the next one, you know, what's over there, what's over there, you know, just everything's new and yeah, exploring and it, that's cool. Yeah. Right. So the, and you really enjoyed the planning side of things. Hey, the Google yeah, earth yep. side of things, whatever else. Yep. Yeah. Same here. I'll, I'll have sp- places I'll look at where I'll, I'll look at this hillside for three years finally get to it and it's some yeah. yeah i don't know something about it is just fun and it's it's really really just the same as buying gear in the off season it's just an excuse to or a way for you to feel connected to that life that you really enjoy almost yeah yeah you know yeah the planning's it, it's all part of what makes the hunt fun yeah you know and then you you spend that time planning and then you get in there it's like okay i made this happen you know it it was you know and even like the fishing game in alaska i i I'm, it's probably similar here but i i don't know for certain but like fishing game in alaska if you just go in there and be like where do i hunt sheep mm-hmm. say the mountains sure and you know but it, when i went in there and said here's where i planning plan on hunting sheep here's how i'm gonna get in there you know you prove to them that you've done your research right you know what are it, well, actually i i did that uh with my goat okay where we were planning on that one we were planning on going up a river and uh with a with a boat uh one of my cousins had got a goat in that area a few a few years before mm-hmm. and then uh so me and him were just gonna take a long weekend and go try that sure and then it ended up being he couldn't go so then looking at that area is where we were hunting was probably about 15 miles from the road okay and there's mountains the whole way so then i i ended up calling fishing game and told him i was planning you know we were gonna go up this river hunt goat here and then uh but that plan fell through would it be realistic if i go in from the road get up in the mountains there you know how is there typically goats along that whole stretch or are they typically by the river yeah and the biologist told me if you go in there they're more than likely you'll see goats yeah and you did you had success it it was (laughs) so that first one that it was way thicker brush than i ever anticipated like we got in there it took us eight hours to climb a thousand feet Unreal. just beating elders the whole way huh. so like we got out there we were just bushed set up camp slept then the next morning we seen goats way up in the cliffs i mean there's no way we could get to them and like i think we had three days on that one three or four days like looked at my buddy like do we sit around and wait for these or do we go caribou hunting? Hmm. He's like, let's go caribou hunting. Yeah. <laughs> so we climbed out of there. You know, at that point, is like, that was terrible. Yeah. You know, that that was, maybe I'll be dumb enough to go in there again, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, then when I got out, it just irritated me that I got, my, I got myself whooped so bad. You know, I just, that was that was by far the most mentally exhausting hunt that i did so then it it just frustrated me that i got whooped so bad so then i ended up going in there again three weeks later yeah with a different buddy well there's three of us 
and uh, we we ended up getting two goats then. But huh? Did you do something different the second time? That or no, just you no, knew what you're getting into? Maybe yeah. Yep. I the second time, yeah, I knew what I was getting into. Okay. You know, I was like, okay, this first day is gonna suck. Just it is what it is. Yeah. And you, then you just pick your way through the brush and. The first time we went in there would have been like mid September. Mm-hmm. So there, you know, stuff was still a little bit green. Some of that undergrowth hadn't completely died off yet. Yeah. And then it was, it was early October when we went in the second time. So then at that point, you know, there, all the undergrowth had died. Yeah. So that made it a little bit easier going. Not much, but a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, mainly there, it was just mentally, we knew that this is a tough hunt and you know, the first day it's, it's going to suck and just deal with it. Right. And that made all the difference. Yeah. Do you have, we should close out unless you have anything else you want to cover, but do you have through it all, how do you pick one moment? But like one moment that's like your favorite sheep hunting moment or this moment where it's like, again, this is it. This is what I'm into. Or do you have something that you can pull from that you can look back on and say, this is like the pinnacle of what I'm looking for? Probably, probably getting that first sheep. Okay. You know, we, that coupled with, that was my first big game animal in Alaska. Yeah. You know, it was, that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Just that whole experience, hey? Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was you know six days. That was my first experience backpack hunting. I was successful, you know, in getting a sheep. The only rain we seen the whole hunt was when we set up that tent mm-hmm. you know, a couple hours before I got the sheep. Right. And just took a nap and then woke up and it was done. Yeah. So incredible weather the whole time. Which is not normal, you found out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no, that's a whole different. That's a whole other podcast. But. <laughs> <laughs> but huh, unreal. Well, Luke, I I appreciate it. It's fun to hear about. Yeah, uh, no exposure personally myself, but someday maybe I'll take along on somebody else's sheep hunt or. Uh, my sister lives up there. Maybe she'd get inspired to sheep hunt if we join her <laughs> or something. We'll see. Yeah, but, yeah, it's. I yeah I love it and I'm definitely gonna miss it but yeah yeah it was fun to hear about yeah appreciate it thanks for hopping on yeah thanks for having me yeah hey guys thank you for listening today I hope you enjoyed it if you have and you feel so inclined share this podcast with your friends subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and give us some feedback with a review until next time thank you